Hey everyone, Coach Megan here, and I'm so excited for our second edition of our Clients Tell All episode. On this episode, you're going to get to hear the realness of behind the scenes of what it looks like to be working with us and the results, the feelings, everything, all the BTS of working with Powerhouse Pageantry, and you get to hear from our amazing clients. So really, really excited for this episode, and let's dive right in. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Um, we have four of my gorgeous clients on with me today for another Clients Tell All. You guys loved the first three episodes, and so we're going to shine a light on pageantry once again and give you all the dirty details of what's going on behind the scenes. Unfiltered, you're going to learn all the secrets that we've been hiding from you. Just kidding. We're not hiding anything. And so today I have my beautiful clients, Miranda, Katie, Beth, and Jessica on today from four different states, and we're going to start with some intros so you guys can get to know them. So let's start with Miranda, then we'll go to Katie, then Beth, then Jessica. So tell us who you are, where you're from, and a little bit more about you. Hi, y'all. My name is Miranda Moore. I am a Miss America organization contestant from Georgia. I am an environmental engineer, and I'm really passionate about being a woman in STEM, environmental advocacy, and also education advocacy. Hi everyone, I'm Katie Kavitas and I'm from Indiana. I'm really passionate about business as I started my own business at 24 years old and I'm very passionate about child abuse prevention advocacy. Yeah, so powerful. What a worthy cause. Beth and then we'll go to Jessica. Alrighty. Hello, my name is Beth Good. I just got back from competing at International United Miss last week. Um, and I'm also a kindergarten teacher and I love my little kiddos. They're awesome. Um, and then the only other thing that I really want to share is that I'm passionate about um, domestic abuse as well as just relationship abuse in general. So. Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Lindy and I was born and raised in this small town of central Washington called Sunnyside, Washington, where there are over 300 days of sunshine a year, just like you would expect with the name. And I'm currently going to school in Utah at Brigham Young University and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in exercise science. And what I'm really passionate about educationally and what I want to dedicate my life to is women's health research. So I am currently looking at specifically how the menstrual cycle affects our exercise and vice versa. And so that is what I am doing right now there. And then yeah, within pageants, I am competing in Washington through the MAO system. And my platform there is called Forming a More Perfect Union through Civics Education. And I love to talk about people about the true way to make change, which I believe is through understanding our government. And I teach them how to pass bills and uh, just a lot of different things like that. Awesome. Well, now that you guys, all of our listeners have gotten a chance to know them, um, for those of you guys who are new and maybe are tuning into the podcast because you know one of these lovely ladies, my name is Megan Swanson and I'm the CEO and founder of pa Powerhouse Pageantry um, with my awesome sidekick and sister, Allie Mancuso. Now I always get her name wrong because she is Swanson to me. And um, we are operating in almost all 50 states. And if you're just listening to the podcast, go back and listen to a bunch of other episodes. That's why we're here. We want to give as much free information as possible to put goodness into the world and into our industry, being able to help people grow and change and become who they were created to be. So on those lines, my first question for you guys is, uh, I want to know, you know, we, we've all gone through a lot this past year and a half, and we're all in different parts of the world, which I really love. We have Arizona, Georgia, Indiana, Washington, I'm in Nebraska. And I want to know specifically, whether it's inside of pageants, through pageants, you know, through the mentorship of you guys working with us or, you know, whoever else your other mentors are, what do you feel like is the biggest aha moment that you've had in your own life or that you have grown, learned, changed through um, since kind of beginning of 2020 when all of our lives changed? Let's start with Beth and then uh, you guys can just kind of signal and go around the horn. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is something that really happened for me, um, was just realizing that my worth is my own. It, it does not fall into anyone else's hands and they have no control over, you know, what my own worth is. I set that for myself. And so, um, you know, using positive affirmations, speaking to myself kindly, those are all really, really helpful ways that, um, have helped me change my, my outlook on that, you know, just not putting my worth or who I am in the hands of someone else and what they say or what they do to me. It has nothing to do with them and everything to do with how I react. 
So my big aha moment came from actually being in a COVID, the COVID situation because I learned a lot about myself and that was an opportunity for me to grow in an interview when it's 10 minutes before an interview or in a job interview, for example. Um, just those 10 minutes going into it is super crucial. I've learned to use other coping mechanisms like meditation to prime my mind for the situation I'm going into. Um, and especially this year, um, I think it's just the year of being really bold since we didn't have all those opportunities last year. I think it's just stepping into things that you never thought you might do or might have been hesitant to say yes on. So for me, it might have been being on this podcast or starting a business when you don't have all the answers and you never will have all the answers. So two big things I always tell myself is to just do it anyways, no matter how you feel and to do it now or else it might not ever get done. Amazing. Jessica? So my big one actually came two years ago, but it became super applicable in 2020. So long story short, which we'll probably go into a little bit later, but um, I had a crazy year of 2019, started out with a heart surgery, and then I had two broken legs that literally left me in a wheelchair for like the whole summer, like four months total. Um, and then I had this wisdom teeth surgery where I had a serious bone reaction and literally was at the dentist every single day for the next month and couldn't sleep and all these things were going on and being a division one athlete, all I ever knew um, to deal with my stress was going on a run. Like that's what I did. I said, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with this. And I went for it. Well, that was not an option that year. So I had to figure out how to deal with stress in other ways. And it became super important in 2020 when there was literally a lockdown being in Washington state, every state was a little bit different, but we were locked down for a long time and we literally couldn't go outside. And so being able to find out how I can manage stress in different ways, besides going on a run, I found out I love painting rocks, like doing little things like that really bring me joy in my life. And so that was something big that really helped me in 2020. I would say one of the biggest things that I learned, and a lot of this was through doing powerhouse and doing the, you know, coaching was that I'm very achievement oriented. And I always knew that I love the Enneagram. I'm a three wing two achievement and success. They're like my love language. I like diverge into a whole new, whole new category. I really am driven by success and by like other people's perception of me. And I think with COVID and with being a senior in college and kind of like graduating and some of my dreams that I had coming to fruition and some of them not, I realized that a lot of my worth came from beyond achievement, which is something that I really needed to learn. And that was a really healthy, like stepping stone for me. And I definitely think that competing in MAO helped me do that because I was thinking, you know, when I first started competing, it was like, I have to win. I have to win. I have to get awards. I have to achieve things. That's, that's my core goal. And then the more that I competed and the more that I met people and was doing coaching, the more I realized that the growth that I was experiencing was much more important than the extrinsic, you know, valuation and achievement of things. And so getting to go to Miss Georgia and getting to, you know, compete and do all these things and really see how much I had grown over the past two years and not think about my placement at the end of the week or, you know, what plates I was going to walk away with, but knowing that I had done a really good job and that I had grown so much and that I was really proud of myself was a really big like growth point and stepping stone for me, especially kind of going into adulthood where I feel like that extrinsic you know, achievement kind of goes away and you have to focus on who you are and what you can bring to the table as you go into like the workforce. So it was a really big stepping stone for me and was important with this transition in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I first want to say that I'm proud of every single one of you guys. And I've personally gotten to be a part of a lot of your guys's success and growth. And just watching you guys change is one of the, the reasons that gets me out of bed every day, which is, you know, so awesome. So congratulations to you guys. And I want to ask a question on top of that. I think um, much like a lot of you guys were on our call on Wednesday for our expert call this week. And if you haven't, you know, go back and listen to it. But we really tried to get down in the nitty gritty of I think a lot of times we hear these personal development gurus or entrepreneurs or people that we respect say these sentences like, oh, I grew so much, right? Or like, oh, I learned so much. But for personally, I'm like, it's not really helpful until I know how, and, and I can make that tangible in a way that I can apply that right now. So I want to ask you guys, and again, um, we'll kind of go around the horn. If you don't have something to say, totally cool. Um, cause somebody might've took the words out of your mouth, which is great. But I want to ask like, how do you know that you're growing and maybe how did you start 
what, what does that look like for you? And in what ways, you know, have, do you feel like you've grown the most? Um, was it in ways that you expected? Was it ways that you didn't expect, but like, how do you know that you're growing and what does that moment look like? And then like, what, what kind of is that growth for you? What has that been? I can start because I just touched on all this growth I experienced. So I feel like this is my, my time to weigh in. I think the biggest thing that I noticed, like growth point, something that once it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I grew so much was when I changed from going into an interview thinking, oh, the judges are like this. So I need to say this, you know, they have this certain mindset. And so if I want to win, I need to have that exact same mindset or going into an interview and thinking, oh, they said on the job description, they'd really like someone who was X, Y, Z. I might not have all of those traits, but like, I can try to make it seem like I do for this interview. And my shift became, if they like me for who I am, that's great. And if they don't like me for who I am, that's great too. And that I just needed to be so sure of myself and what I brought to the table and who I was and be so sure that Miranda is X, Y, and Z. And if that's not what you're looking for, then I'm not the right fit for that job or opportunity or whatever that may be. And I think that was the biggest growth point for me this year was just coming to terms with, you might not be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay because you shouldn't have to change to, you know, fit a certain mold or to make somebody happy. You should just be who you are and whatever that outcome is, as long as you go into it authentically, it's like a good experience. Yeah. Before we get to Beth, I have a follow-up question that you guys can incorporate too. So a lot of questions that I get to play, like, you know, the opposite of that is girls will be like, well, I can't do that because it's going to come off as arrogant. Like how in the world can I be so sure of myself? You know, isn't that like egotistical? So what would you say to that, Miranda? I would definitely say that being confident in who you are isn't egotistical. I think that being sure of yourself is the confidence and like arrogance are completely different because confidence comes from a place of like self-value and self-worth. And I think arrogance often comes from the opposite place, which is insecurity. And so I think that you just have to come from the perspective, I'm, I'm doing this for me. I'm who I am because that's who I am. And you know, if you're sure of yourself, other people are going to see that and not see it as being egotistical or arrogant. Beautiful. Beth? Yeah, I think I have kind of two moments that have been like really big trackers for me in this process of like, what my growth has been. Um, When I first started working with you guys, I had been out of an abusive relationship for like about a year, but the fact that I'm here on a podcast talking about the fact that I was in an abusive relationship is like something so that I would have never even pictured at that point, especially like I was not even really acknowledging the fact that I had been in an abusive relationship. So the fact that I can now talk to it and, um, talk about my own experiences and how that impacted me is huge. So that's one of the things, but then also, um, I think one of the things that I've kind of realized literally since just getting back a week ago, um, no, I did not win. I didn't make top 10. So those things can be super disappointing, but I am so, so, so grateful that I went and I put myself out there and I've grown as a person and that those things to me, walking away from that pageant, I'm not super disappointed because I found, you know, all of myself and I competed as myself, 100% true to me, instead of incorporating those things that, you know, maybe you feel like you need to in a pageant setting. So that way other people like you. Um, And I didn't do that. I got to speak from who I am, my own experiences, and be that for other people while I was there too. So those have been the two big like kind of markers for me over the last year, especially. That's massive. And I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Anybody else? Yes. I love what you two ladies shared too. I think that's super inspiring to me. And my growth has been apparent in one, my communication and two, my listening skills, which are two things you don't always expect to come from pageants as some people might still judge them as being a beauty pageant. I've got that a lot. Um, But then I just go along with it. I don't even take the time to explain because um, it's just so much more than that. But I feel like you know that you've grown when you're at peace with yourself and you don't get as nervous to be yourself or open up, um, especially in the pageant world, but also in other aspects of life too. Absolutely. And Katie, I'm just thinking back to when you and I first met 
And I just want to really say how proud I am of you too, because I think that you would have been shaking in your boots even to be on a podcast a while ago and to see you step into your own and, you know, even through some some disappointments and things that I've watched you walk through to start a business through that and be thriving and find something else that you're like, nobody can tell me I can't do this, you know, and totally like not just turn lemons into lemonade, but like make some new lemon product that didn't even exist before, you know, and that's what this is all about. Like I love not just the journey of seeing, you know, whether you win your pageants, which if you do, obviously that's amazing and you're going to use that platform, but really driving home the point that when you are transforming from the inside out as an individual, the world is your oyster. And I think we've all had times in our lives when we didn't believe that, right? We Or we've been told through whatever that, oh, you just got to fit in this box and you got to do this thing. And this is the only way that you can be valuable. So I commend you. I commend all of you guys. And uh, Jessica, if you have anything to say, you can share too. Yeah, nothing super special because everybody <laughs> did awesome with this question. But I would say that growth for me is is totally a mindset. I think where a lot of people get lost um, in the pageant world is um, is trying to be somebody else, right? We see that all the time. Like I want to be like Camille Schreier. I have to be her because she won Miss America. Well, guess what? This year, Camille Schreier is not winning Miss America because she's already been it for two years. So you have to figure out who you are. And if that fits this year, that's perfect. And you have an amazing thing that's going to come from it. And it's so funny because I was actually hoping this girl yesterday prepped for um, a super small local pageant here that I won. It was my first pageant that I did. And she, you know, I asked her how she's feeling about her pageant. She told me nervous. And um, she said that she got this advice for interview that said, just fake it till you make it. And I was like, what? Like, why are we telling people this? That's not growth. We're not growing if we're faking who we are. They literally told her, just say what the judges want to hear. And we don't even know what the judges want to hear because you don't know who your judges are until you walk up the day before. And so I just thought it was super um, cool. If you guys want to join Inner Circle, I would highly recommend it because Megan teaches you to figure out who you are because it makes interview easier. It makes evening gown easier because you go up and you say, I'm Jessica Lindy. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And there's just a new um, set of confidence that you get when you know who you are. And so being able to see where I was five years ago. Um, well, six years ago when I first started pageantry to now, I'm a completely different person. And I think that's another really cool thing besides the other stuff we get out of pageants is, as we know, you know, Beth's a teacher. We do tests and assessments to see our growth. And if you come back every single year and you do another pageant, it's literally a visual representation of how you've grown. And so I would highly recommend it to anybody if they're trying to find a new way to grow in their life to try out a pageant and just see um, what they get out of it. Awesome. Thank you. And along those lines, Jess, I'd like to start with you again for this question. So diving a little bit deeper into some of the things that you guys said out loud. Um, so it's all about becoming sure of yourself. It's all about becoming who who you are. So what are some of your individual practices um, for each of you guys that have helped you get on that pathway to knowing who you are? You know, maybe, and I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around coaching, mentorship, counseling, you know, whatever. There's a million different mechanisms. You can use other people. You can use your daily habits, your routines. You know, you can use friendships, community, you know, whatever. So what have been your guys' particular pathways towards um, identifying who you are? And um, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about that. Okay. So sorry if this is long. Feel free to cut out whatever, but I'll just give you the meat and then take what you want from it. So this is actually part of all talk about my pageant journey, how that started, and then how I met Megan. Um, I can't believe I've known you for over a year now because that seems crazy. I met Megan back in March um, of 2020. So I'm, yeah, I'm a completely different person than I was even then. So I, you would have laughed if you would have seen me six years ago at my first pageant. So um, I guess my journey started um, high school. So a lot of things that don't seem to add up, but then in the end, they all come together. So when I was a freshman in high school, I got pneumonia and through that I got sports in, um, induced asthma. And so I started using an inhaler to try to deal with that. And I was a three sport athlete. And like I said, I went to end up um, getting a scholar college scholarship um, at a division one level in track and field. And so that was really my thing. But when I was using inhalers, what was weird was my heart would start racing. And so I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Well, that ended up happening for the next six years and, uh, until my sophomore year of college. And, um, Pretty much what happened during all that, I had some health struggles. Like I mentioned, this racing heart thing was super weird, but 
uh, my sophomore year of college, or sophomore year of high school, I decided I wanted to do a pageant because it really felt like I can make a difference in my community. And I think sometimes we um, are looked at as the pretty pageant girl, but really these girls are super passionate about what they talk about. We're not just saying this is my social impact and I love it. It's literally, we dedicate our lives to these things. And so seeing that in the past, I really wanted to do that. And so I did my first pageant, which everyone was shocked at because I wore my letterman to school every day and my Nikes and then I ended up winning my first pageant and it ended up being a super cool journey that I'm on. Um, but going back to my core story, essentially this heart thing was going on. I didn't really know how big of a deal it was. I didn't talk to anybody about it. And then my sophomore year, I collapsed during the middle of a track meet with my heart racing. My athletic trainer came up to me. It was going 230 beats uh, per minute, just could not breathe. It was insane. He said, okay, you're not going to step on the track till you see a cardiologist. And so for the next three months, I was doing testing every single day ended up having a heart surgery, which was super scary being 20 years old. Um, but then it ended up opening a lot of doors for me, crazy enough. So that next, uh, that next month I was able to run, keep running track. And I had had this really severe leg pain for the whole year and a half before that, where I just felt like I was having knives waking me up in the middle of the night, stabbing me in my bones. But everyone was like, Oh, you're a college athlete. Like everybody goes through pain. And having that heart surgery, I said, you need to like trust yourself more. You need to listen to your body. And so I said, I'm not running until you guys figure out what's wrong with me. So it was three months coming to figure out what was wrong. But then I found out that I had a four inch stress fracture on um, each of my legs. And so it was a chronic thing. And I had to immediately be in a wheelchair for the, the next four months, only to find out that I hadn't healed. And during that same time, I had my crazy wisdom teeth surgery where I had this severe bone reaction. Um, but essentially I was told like, you're never going to run again. And being an athlete, that was just heartbreaking. And so I didn't know what to do. My mom came up to me and she said, well, Jess, when it comes to spring and you're not going to be able to run, you need to find something to fill your time with. I think you should try to do this pageant. And so two weeks out, I called up the director and I said, I know it's past the deadline. Could I compete for Miss Apple Valley? And I called her up and then I did and I won. And that's my current title. And that was something I, you know, I just felt like that was enough because my whole year had just drained me and winning was enough. But by the time, you know, state started coming around, uh, March of 2020 hit. And obviously we know that changed everything for everybody. And a girl who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Rachel from Washington, she said, Hey, there's this girl in Nebraska who is going to hold this session for all pageant girls. It's free. You should get on it because she's going to teach us how we can handle preparing for a pageant, even though it's been moved past year. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything better with my time. Everything is canceled. So I hopped on it and automatically, you know, I had weird ideas. I'm like, oh, she's a pageant coach, but Megan is super special because she's not just a pageant coach. She's a life coach. She guides you. She's a mentor. She's super active in her church. And so I just automatically clicked with her, called her the next day. And ever since then, I've been her client. And what I think is super cool about that journey was I ended up, instead of doing more of the pageant coaching, I actually used her as my mentor to do personal growth. Um, and what I found out about myself was my whole life. I thought, you know, I didn't know what the Enneagram was until I met Megan, but I knew I was an achiever, right? Like I was valedictorian in high school, 4.0 college as well, you know, college athlete. Like I knew, oh yeah, I totally fit a three. Well, then after taking the test and talking with Megan, I found out at heart, I truly was a two, but because I had, you know, these siblings who were college athletes and they were valedictorians, I just followed suit and I never was who I wanted to be. So when I walked into the interview room, I was, oh, I'm the three, I'm the, I'm the achiever. Look at me. I'm so awesome. But really that's not who I am. I'm the nurturer. I just want people to feel loved and happy when they walk out of the room with me. So being able to work with Megan, I really, hopefully you could see, I found who I was gosh, sorry. I found who I was just from being able to work with her because she cares about who you are as an individual and she doesn't want to mold you into somebody else. But essentially that's who I found out who I was, was literally working with Megan. I had no idea. I thought I was super healthy, was who I was until I found out, whoa, you're an Enneagram too. And ever since then, I've just been trying to develop that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, I forgot like half of that story. So that's, <laughs> that's really cool. So much has happened since then. But yeah, I appreciate your vulnerability and so proud of you for all that you've grown and just being vulnerable with yourself and with me. And it's awesome. The sky's the limit. Okay. Who wants to go next? How did you find your identity and who you are? What's your process? Beth. Yeah. So I, it definitely was a huge journey and took a lot of time, but the one thing that always 
stuck with me and has been like a really, really big guiding force is using the morning mastery framework, which is something that you learn about if you go through powerhouse for coaching and stuff. But um, one of the things that that helped me, I mean, I was reading it every single day, but just going through that process of figuring out the things that I am good at. One of the things that's on there is past successes. Have I ever gone through and like tediously written out any of my success in the past? No. So I didn't even see those things as successes necessarily until I started to write them down and really, you know, figure those things out through that way. Um, I'm actually going to be in the process of rewriting my morning mastery framework now because I'm transitioning into new goals and stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what this next phase will be. But I think just going through that process really, really helped me to understand more about myself as well as, you know, the things that I have been triumphant over. So. Amazing. Love it. Love hearing that guys, this was not planned by the way, everyone listening, I did not put them up to this. So I'm like hearing this for the first time too. Yay. Love to see that it's working. Love to hear that it's working. That's so funny. I was on the free call too, and that's how I found you. And then, yeah, the rest is history. But in regard to finding my identity, I think it's who you surround yourself with. Um, this past year, I've made it a point to surround myself with great mentors and great friends. I also think the key to success is having great friends to just help you through whatever it is. And um, as somebody who's walked through child abuse when I was younger, I used to suppress my emotions, which like anybody who's walked through a trauma often does. And so I'm just getting to know myself all over again and I'm still finding my identity, but I truly think it's who you surround yourself with. And also really good books have helped me a lot too. Like, um, really positive one is success through a positive mental attitude, which I've gained a lot from. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Miranda. I'll throw out my, how I met Megan's story. I feel like this is the good time. I listened to powerhouse when I would walk on the treadmill every day. And I actually sent Megan my Spotify wrapped. It specifically said like, you listen to powerhouse every night at like midnight because I go to the gym really late. And it was so funny because it was like, are you okay? Kind of thing. Like it was kind of like a wellness check. And I was like, don't worry, I'm good. Um, and then I started coaching with her. Uh, I reached out and did that, you know, phone call and the rest is history. And I would say one of the biggest identity growth points thing for me was we literally on my very first call just sat and like talked about like who I was, which I had never really done. And she just asked questions like, what kind of things do you like to do? And I was like, that is such a good question because you don't, you don't really think about it. You know, like people ask you and you say like the things that you're supposed to say, like, I like reading, but I'm not a big reader. But if someone says, what do you like to do? I'm like, I like to read, you know, because that, that's what you say. You're like, here's some of my like somewhat hobbies but you never really think in depth about like what do I actually spend my time doing and so it was that was a big part of identity for me was literally that like 45 minute phone call of specifically having to answer these questions and I mostly did coaching I just thought Jessica said what a three wing two that is so true I'm the most three wing two out there I'm like the textbook definition of a three wing two uh, but when I first started doing coaching and the identity and all that kind of stuff we did these questions about like what my political beliefs were and that was really helpful because that was something that I knew I had in me but didn't really know how to talk about it and how to express and so a lot of identity stuff for me was not necessarily figuring out things about myself they were in there somewhere but it was figuring out how to verbalize it and how to express that to other people. And so that was something that I really grew within doing like IMA and inner circle and things like that with powerhouse. Awesome. Well, everybody listening, um, I hope that you can hear how, how they are such prolific speakers and I'm just such a proud mom right now. It's awesome. I love that you guys just, you guys are so affirming. I, I appreciate it. And Again, I didn't put them up to this for everybody listening. I'm one thing that you guys will know about me again, listeners, is that I really try and be uh, what you see is what you get. Like before we hopped on this call and we're recording, I told the girls, I was like, I'm not putting my camera on because I literally have to put makeup on. <laughs> like, give me five minutes because, you know, life is life. And I think that that's one of the most valuable parts about um, 
you know, some, sometimes we've had people who have really questioned, like, why do you, you know, why do you do coaching the way that you do? And I'm like, well, you haven't been in our community or else you'd have a better attitude, you know, first of all. But, you know, it is different. Most people are trading time for money. Most people are just like, you know, here, hop on a FaceTime. Here's 50 bucks, whatever. And when I, when I started Powerhouse Pageantry, you know, younger than a lot of you guys even are now um, with just a music degree, like what in the world does that teach you about business? I, I had a mission where I was like, this, this needs to be deeper. Like pageants were the, re- and maybe you guys have heard this or maybe you haven't, but like pageants were the reason why I found my self-confidence in the first place. And, you know, we've, we have so many scars as pageant girls that people would never imagine, um, you know, abuse, these trials, sickness, illness, mental illness, you know, these things that none of us asked for, um, but they happen. And what I love about the clientele that I, that God's given me the privilege of really stewarding your lives and your identity that I take very seriously is that, you guys are going to be the world changers that go on to tell your story and get to show people that, you know what? Yeah, I might look polished on the inside, but that's because I have an inner self-worth that is telling me, you know what? You deserve to look beautiful. Like, what do you like to wear? How do you like to wear your hair? How do you like to do your makeup? But it's because we're polishing on the inside and we're being willing to raise into the light these, these ugly, you know, cobweb, parts of our life that are awful that maybe we didn't want to look at ourselves. And I, I've tried to create the best of my ability um, through the Lord's grace to put a bunch of girls from different backgrounds together who learn how to love each other and be vulnerable on freaking Zoom, you know, when and a lot of you guys are becoming best friends, you know, through a screen. And then we finally get to meet each other in person, as many of you guys did, which is amazing. But it, it is different. And you know what? I hope that if there's one legacy that I leave or whatever, that that kind of mindset and that mission can spur into your guys's lives where you're starting companies or you're advocating for the things that you're passionate about or interviewing interviewing for that job that you never would have interviewed for a year ago because you didn't have the mindset of thinking, yeah, I could do that. Why couldn't I do that? Why not me? You know what I mean? And just to see that even in the language that you guys use, like I could just start crying because I'm so proud of you guys. And I just, I want to change our industry in the way that people see women in the first place. You know, I, I was just talking with somebody earlier today, like not having to give up your femininity to be in a place where there's mostly men, but showing people that you can be powerful and be feminine at the same time. And I just am so proud of you guys that you're breaking stereotypes every single day, whether that's through a pageant or whether that's something else. And so I just, I really want you to know how proud I am of you guys. And I appreciate um, everything that you're doing and everything that you will do even after pageants. So really, really proud of you guys. So the next question that I want to ask, um, kind of along those lines is, uh, how did you guys learn to break down some of the walls that you guys had that you knew were keeping you from the success of what you wanted to achieve in your life? And, uh, we do that through sisterhood. We do that through throwing you into situations sometimes where you're like, I don't really want to be vulnerable around these other people. Um, what was your process like and, and how do you continue to break down walls. Cause from this kind of framework, I believe that in order to go to the next level, you have to allow, you know, God, higher power, a mentor, whatever to work on like a new level of your heart, right. A new level of you that you're like, I don't want to give that away, you know? So how, what was that process like for you guys of how you've continued to level up through vulnerability, through community, sisterhood, you know, I want to, I want to hear about that. For me, um, Breaking those chains of what was holding me back was a lot based on my faith and also a sense of community that we have um, to talk about pageants or which headshot looks best or um, anything of the sort. Just um, those girls who are always going to support you. I think a big thing was support for me also to be able to get past maybe things that I used to be unsure of and having the ability to make a clear decision and just hear one clear voice in my head to because only and I don't want to regret anything and I always say what if what if I can be this what if I can do this and in turn it could help a lot of people too so I mean kind of what I've mentioned. I don't think you can break down walls and be vulnerable until you know who you are. Um, I think that's super huge. A lot of times we start 
digging, but if you, for example, or you think you're somebody else and who you really are, you're really digging at nothing. And so figuring out who you are, I think was the first big step for me. Um, Second, being an Enneagram too, um, I tend to not want to feel anything else because I just feel everybody else's emotions. And so being able to have self-realization was like the second part of that. So first I was, then self-realization. Beth? So I am also an Enneagram too, which makes, you know, we're all big feelers. We care a lot about other people um, and helping others a lot. But one of the things that I had to kind of come to realize is how much boundaries are really, really important for me. Um, Because otherwise, all I'll get done is helping others and never, never like helping myself. So I think that that was one of the big things that I realized that you can set boundaries with people. Um, you can set boundaries with people without them even knowing that you're setting boundaries with them. You can set boundaries with people um, by telling them as well. But I think that that has been one of the biggest ways that I've been able to like break down my own walls, Um, just really separating, you know, what I need from what they might need and helping them when I can, but also knowing that I have to help myself in order to be my best for them. So that's been a big thing too. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Anybody else? Otherwise I can totally go to a next question. Good thing. We had the other two here. That's my, that was my third one. That's my third one. I was like, trying to think like, where did it go? Well, yeah, I literally, the boundary thing was huge for me because if you don't set boundaries, then you can't get deeper. So yeah, that was totally what I was going to say. And I've grown a ton with that where it's like, I took the month to like, not talk to people. Right. I was like, I went to California and Texas to a wedding and had a great month. And then I texted my couple days ago and I was like, okay, I processed, I'm ready. Where in the past I would have been like, oh my gosh, like I need to fix this now. And you kind of feel broken when you do that and you can't really heal and grow. So yeah, boundaries was the third one I was going to say. So good that we have that here. Amazing. So I have two more questions I want to ask you guys. This is an interesting question, actually. So this question, and then the last question. This sounds really pageanty, but I want you guys to actually really think about this. Um, and this could relate to your platform. This could relate to your career aspirations. This could relate to something spiritual, totally open-ended. I'll answer it first so that you guys can kind of get a gist and then you guys can chime in. Um, my question is, what is the change that you want to see in the world? And again, this is such a pageant question, but I, I really want you guys to, to show, show the audience what you got, first of all. But... Um, show that this actually isn't like a world peace kind of answer. So the changes I want to see in the world, my goal um, is that through powerhouse pageantry by the beginning of 2022, that I have served 200 women in one year um, to help them understand their identity purpose and how to actualize any dream that they want to get after. And um, I, I want to see more women take up the space that God created them to take up, whether that's being, a, a plumber, an electrician, a model, you know, a singer, a pageant girl, doesn't matter. But just seeing women say yes to their dreams um, and not hide anymore, you know, but also not feel like they have to go to the other end of the spectrum and for lack of a better term, like peacock themselves um, just to feel seen. You know, there's two, there's two sides of every um, ditch on both sides kind of of every issue. And so if I can be a liaison and kind of apostolic in that way of digging up the ground um, and the, the rough stuff and building a garden, the other girls just have to water and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what I feel like. That's the change that I want to see that, that nothing would make me happier in the world just to see a bunch of empowered women living in their purpose. My dream for that directly correlates with my platform, which is fighting for our future seeds so my goal is or what i want to see in the world is every child um, come into their dream as well i want to talk to and i am talking to children who don't have as much growing up and i don't want that to stop them from dreaming their dreams and pursuing their dreams and just being able to see all of them um, become our future entrepreneurs or um, whatever they aspire to be and they might have an idea that we need in the world and I don't want to let anything stop them from that. So mine really goes back to um, the fact that I was at such a low point in my life and really didn't know where where to go, what I wanted 
um, who I was anymore. I lost a lot of the things that I cared about. And so I want to show people that you can be at like the lowest of low. You've, you've hit rock bottom and you can get back up. Um, but at the end of the day, that choice is yours to make, not anyone else's. So you have to make that choice for you. But the thing that I think is so amazing that I think so many people don't believe in is that no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, anything like that, you can make yourself better no matter where you're coming from. So um, even if you are locked up in prison or something like that, you can definitely like improve yourself for yourself. And at the end of the day, that's when you're going to see real changes by making that for yourself. Um, but that comes in with anything. I mean, abusive relationships or even just really feeling lost with what you want to do with your life. So I see that being the biggest thing that I want to do um, and advocating and create mentorship programs for people that are going through things like that and help them along the way just learning that, you know, the growth is hard. It's not easy, but it's going to be worth it for yourself and you'll become better than you even imagined you could. The change I want to see is what I have dedicated my life to educationally. So within the regards to women's health, I think that is really sad that for most of history, women have been looked at as a smaller version of a man and it's completely um, inaccurate. We have menstrual cycles, for example, which is what I am going into studying more specifically, where that changes so much um, of what is going on in our lives, our day to day, not just our emotions that people always make jokes about, you know, PMS, but literally how our body's functioning, our regulation of our sleep, body water, so many things that we don't even think about. And women don't even know this about themselves because we don't study it because we're little men, for example, right? That's what we hear. And so what I really want to change is being able to help people and specifically women um, realize that they are different and we are special and help them figure out what the best exercise plan is for themselves in order to feel great on the inside and the outside and be able to help them figure out what to eat to fuel their bodies. And so if I am one day able to say that I did that for a large number of females, then I would feel like I made the change that I want to see in the world. Touching a little bit on what both Jessica and Megan said, I am a woman in engineering, and so there are only 18% of us graduate from college with engineering degrees, but then only 11% of women are actually licensed engineers of the you know total percentage. And so I would definitely love to see more women in engineering. That's something that I try to talk about a lot, especially with young people about kind of being able to see yourself in a STEM field and see yourself in a field where you may not be as well represented and also being able to be feminine in that and be who you are and not feel like you have to conform. So I loved both of those things. And then another big thing that I would love to see, you know, what I kind of in the same way and dedicating my life to is some change in the way that people view the environment, environmental advocacy, and, you know, taking care of the environment and sustainability has kind of become like a trend for lack of better word over the past couple of years. And I think that it's really changed the narrative to put like individuals at the core of environmental problems when that's genuinely not the case. Businesses and large corporations and their decisions are what are really shaping, you know, our environment and and if we don't start holding people accountable and making changes, then there's not going to be an earth for people to live on in a much shorter time, I think, than people are even able to imagine. We're at a really rough point with environments right now. And so that's definitely something, if I could change something, I would definitely want to highlight that. Yes, it's important to make small change. And we talk so often about small, imperfect growth being better than no growth at all and doing your part as an individual. But I also think that it's important for us to start holding people accountable on a larger scale for what they're they're doing to our planet and making sure that we are having an environment for future generations and an earth for future generations. And so I love studying that. It's kind of my way of hopefully being able to make, you know, a little impact <laughs> when I go, hopefully, you know, air quality is better somewhere or there's a permit that helps stop somebody from making a decision that could hurt others. So that's definitely a change I'd like to see in the world is everyone taking our environment more seriously and trying to do that on an individual level myself. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I was studying that for Miss USA, um, well, not like the environment in general, but certain parts, and uh, was just studying how in even like metropolis cities like I live in, um, how some people have to drive, you know, 10 miles just to go to a recycling, like anything and including myself. Um, and I'm just like, who is incentivized to do that? Like, can't we just stick a recycling bin like at the end of my apartment? Like, it's not that hard, you know? So 
I hear you on that. Well, um, in finishing out the last part of our podcast, um, I just want each of you to kind of give your words of wisdom to maybe, like I said, the younger version of you, females all over the world, um, just kind of 30 seconds or less. What, what would you want to say to somebody to encourage them, what, you know, no matter where they're at in their journey um, and something, anything else that you think would be a blessing to them? My advice would be if you don't want to spend another year doing the same exact things, then make that bold change and go for it and don't let anything or anyone stop you. Like if it's, uh, for my, an example of mine is my cosmetics business. I've heard a lot of people tell me that I can't do it and I still will, but I will never let that um, affect my growth and my movement towards what I'm passionate about, which is making people feel beautiful. And I won't let anything come in between that. So my big thing would just be to dream big and um, never let anything stop you. Just truly, truly believe in yourself. I um, never really understood what people meant when they said that, you know, you've already survived 100% of your hardest days. And it can be really hard to get caught up in the fact that you're going through something right now. But there's always, always, always a bigger picture. There's always a bigger purpose for your life and to never give up on what you want. Um, even if that just means being a better version of yourself. So just, just keep pushing through, you're gonna, you're gonna be okay on the other end. And that's something that I truly know about myself now, no matter what I go through, I will survive. So I will be, be able to keep pushing. I would say be where your feet are, both like literally being in the moment and then like emotionally and mentally being where you are. I think that it's really hard to grow as a person and actually become a better version of yourself. If you're constantly living in the future or in the past, you have to be in the present and looking at like what you're experiencing and how you can grow in that moment. And that's something that I know a lot of times, I think people in all of the worlds that all of us are kind of in collide with is that you want to be at that next phase, you know, you're working so hard to get to the next place and you want to be there so badly, but you have to sit in where you are to be able to get there. And so that's definitely advice that if I could go back, I would give myself because looking at all the moments that I kind of missed getting to be in because I was so worried about what's next or what's happened. That'd be a big change that I think I could make in my life. You know, it's funny saying if I could go back, but you can't. So now I'm here and I've learned it and I'm, I'm moving forward. <laughs> so just to reiterate some things from earlier, but one, I would definitely say do some serious self-reflection and find out who God created you to be, not who others think you should be or who your parents say you should be, but literally who you were meant to be would be the first step. And find out your Enneagram number, read the book, The Road Back to You. That would help so much. I wish I read that so many years earlier in my life. That'd be my first step. And then I would say write out who you want to be. Like if you are wherever you are, there's always so much more room for growth. So write out that person you want to be, right? What's the perfect day look like 50 years from now? And then find yourself a mentor who can help you get there. I always thought that that was so taboo. Like I don't need help. I mean, my parents are awesome. My family's awesome, but no one's an expert. And especially me being a first generation college student, there's a lot of gray area in my life, which I have no idea where I'm going. Also being the first in my family to really do pageants and stuff like that. So find yourself a mentor. Megan's awesome. She's mine. And so I'll definitely recommend her to you. Um, but, and then finally I would say, set like high lofty goals for yourself. Don't sell yourself short, set them like as high as the moon and then have your mentor help you get there and get out of your comfort zone. And the combination of those two things are really going to see the most growth in yourself. Because if you can just get out there, try try a pageant, try joining a book club, something that you're not comfortable with, but somewhere you want to see growth into. I think that that is what I would tell myself. I could do it all over again. Granted, I'm 22 and I know I have a lot of life to live still, but if I could have known that at 18 or 15, then I would have been a lot farther in life. So that's what I would say to somebody. 
Awesome. Those are great responses. I love the variety. That was, I mean, I learned something from all of that. I really appreciate that. One thing that I would add to that is um, you can't lose if you never quit and you can't lose if you remain moldable and teachable. One of the biggest things I look for in all of my clients and why I do those 45 minute calls are, you know, yes, as a gift to all of you guys and giving people your time is I think one of the most like respectful things you can ever do. Um, and also protecting and setting boundaries around your time is one of the most amazing things. Um, learning the difference, um, another point of, uh, advice I would give learning the Eisenhower matrix, which is the difference, the, the four boxes of urgent, important, important, but not urgent, non-urgent, non-important. And then what would the fourth one be? Uh, not important, but urgent, right? And really learning to categorize things in your life of like, okay, this might be like a red alert in my face, but is it actually important, right? Or, oh my gosh, I'm working on this and it's important, but like it doesn't have to be done right now. And being able just to categorize those simple things and honor honor yourself, honor the gifts in you and spend time with people who make you happy and don't spend time with people who make you feel crappy. You know, understanding you don't owe anything but to love them. That's a Bible verse. It says, oh man, nothing but to love him. And love doesn't mean like all the time. Love doesn't mean you hang out with them all the time. Love doesn't mean you're in a relationship with them. It means that you can love them and be like, love ya, but putting you in the bleachers, as I always say, you know? So just simple frameworks. And, and also last thing, just, I mean, I know I'm studying this right now in my own life, just giving yourself grace. Like you don't know everything. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be good at everything. And I think as pageant women, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to be the expert at all things or, you know, one thing that made somebody else successful. Now we got to take that on as our burden and we're adding rocks in our backpack, adding rocks in our backpack. And then we wonder why we're walking up a hill at like negative miles an hour where it's one step forward, two steps back, you know, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this, right? So part of having positive community mentorship, learning what self-care works for you going for, like going for a walk outside is my thing i walk every single day i put my earbuds in and oftentimes don't even listen to anything i just like want to zone out you know going in the hot tub you know spending time in the pool spending time with your best friend getting coffee um and just slowing down like miranda said being present i am a futuristic person and every time that i just slow down have my thinking time sip my cup of coffee and and just be present and and say thank you god that i have lungs that work thank you god that i get to complain right now. Thank you, God, that I'm complaining about working out because I'm tired. Some people don't have legs. You know what I mean? And like just the simple shift of perspective um, just shows us how how blessed we are to even be alive. And I'm so proud of all of you guys who are going to go on to do amazing things in pageantry, outside of pageantry. And you understand that everywhere that you go, like you are going to create little versions of Beth, Katie, Miranda, and Jessica. And you should be proud of that. You're going to start to notice these things where people look up to you and admire you and say, oh my gosh, I want what she has. I wish I was like her, you know? And you can be somebody that says, guess what? You can, you know, you totally can. And I'm still on this journey. So around here at powerhouse, again, just to reiterate, we, we want as many people in the cool kids club as possible. And I don't really know if we're cool, but you know, just in the club as possible in terms of just people growing and people doing life together, because I mean, doing life alone is just so hard. I think we all know that after COVID. And so if you are a pageant girl, who's been on the fence about coaching, I don't even really care if you coach with me. I just want you to be plugged in with somebody, listen to our podcast, be encouraged, reach out to some of these women, follow them on Instagram. Um, you know, you can look them up by name and just stay connected. You aren't called to do life alone. And, uh, so thank you all very much for being here today. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, Coach Megan here. Do you want to join the number one place where pageant winners are sharing all their secrets? Then join our free Facebook group now. Inside, we'll teach you how to win your pageant interview, dominate your on-stage question, and master that pesky mindset too. It's all inside of our free Facebook group. So grab those trainings now. Just click the link below in our show notes, and we can't wait to see you there.